Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm with my boy, my co-host, Ace Boogie, New Stripe City. Say what's up to the world, my man. Hey, what's up, world? We have a special guest on here tonight. It is my man, Eddie, DJ E-Train, DJ Extraordinaire. Tell everybody what's up with you tonight. Tell them where they can find you. What's up? You can find me at DJ E-Train on all social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. There's a new one every other day. So it's DJ E-Train on all of that. I am kicking it right now in my office at home that is getting put together. I found a little sneak away, hide away. I got a little baby who's three months old and she just went down. So I was able to sneak away a little bit and and get some quiet, peace and quiet to jump on with you guys. Uh, I appreciate y'all having me. Appreciate that. That is a blessing, man. Congratulations on the new boy. Do, sure. do you have any musical secrets that you just play to get the baby to go to sleep? Because I know somebody's in here got a newborn and they're probably wondering how the hell did you pull that off? So I honestly, like right away, I've I read into it a little bit. Classical music apparently is great for babies, for infants, newborns, that kind of thing to have in the background. Um, intellectually, it's supposed to enhance them, yet to be determined because we've been playing a little bit. We'll see. She, she's advancing, so it might be working. But um, honestly, man, I, I'm all over the board with music. Literally, as cliche as it may sound as a DJ, like, oh, I like everything. But I literally... From what I've, we'll probably get into it, like what I grew up on, um, you know, some of my favorite stuff. So I've been sneaking things in here and there, obviously, give her the edited versions of everything. A little too young for that. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, any, any of the classical jams have been working lately, like the classical music, mm-hmm. Beethoven, Mozart, that kind of stuff. <laughs> A little Beethoven in your playlist. That's, that's pretty. <laughs> But I mean, you you kind of set it up, though, like, you know, tell us about like, how did you get here, uh, you know, right now at this very moment? Because a lot of people are, you know, they see you on game day at Bengals game. They see you at Bearcat stuff. They see you at Red stuff. Tell us your path to success and how did you get right here at this moment? Yeah, so I started DJing in 2010, um, which is crazy to think it's been 10 years. It, sometimes it feels like it's been 10 years and sometimes I, I literally am like, man, it's, it's been it felt like it's been a couple years. Um, and I started out, uh, just kind of doing the, uh, teaching myself in my basement, learning from different influences. I've watched every Jazzy Jeff video you could ever find on the internet. Um, DJ AM as well, two huge inspirations. Um, and I've literally, I studied them, did that kind of thing, worked in my, you know, my basement kind of teaching myself other influences around the city. And it started to take off fortunately enough um, to where I could get booked and, and do different types of gigs. And so I started doing a lot of the club events. We did a lot of concerts. Um, my partner manager, Sean Heron, he had me up and DJing for the likes of Big Sean, Machine Gun Kelly, Kendrick Lamar, Wiz Khalifa, um, Avicii, a lot of different artists like that, which really kind of, it was a blessing because I was still learning, but I kind of got thrown to the wolves and it was more a sink or swim kind of thing and, 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 you know, learn on the go, um, which I'm very thankful it happened that way. Um, And so that kind of progressed as well. did a lot of concerts. And then in 2015, I, uh, I got a call from the Bengals saying, Hey, we're looking to do an in-game DJ. And at that time, I don't think, every team had a DJ or it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. 
Um, if you guys have ever heard of DJ Irie, he, uh, he's the Miami heat DJ and he's kind of, he's an OG in the game. I mean, he's, you know, he's been around for forever and he was another big influence for me. Um, another guy that I'd looked up to and I actually got to cross paths with him a few, a few times. So his, his route that he was going, um, yeah, I always thought I was like, man, that's great. Like getting into the sports world. Cause I'm obviously, I played sports growing up. I love sports. I mean, we're all, you know, big sports fans from, NBA to NFL, MLB, soccer, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so tapping into that in 2015 when the Bengals reached out, uh, I had a couple meetings with them. We, we really hit it off, and they actually got the co-sign from the Reds. So the Reds and I had done a couple one-off events um, in like 2014. You know, they were kind of exploring having a DJ as well, uh, like a live DJ. And so we did a couple events here and there, and then uh, – they co-signed me to the Bengals, which was a blessing. I was like, thank you for saying the great things and, and that kind of stuff. So kicking off with them, I took off with the Bengals in 2015. And as we all remember, <laughs> 2015 was the year. Facts. <laughs> I was just about to say, whoa. Man, we started <laughs> – it was it was really cool because I, I jumped right in. We had the player party. It was just a really awesome sight to see everybody. The vibe, the morale was so high. And then we bang out eight straight wins. I'm like, you know, is this is how it is around? Like, do it. So, as you can say, I was probably kind of spoiled my first year. Um, you know, and we all know, you know there's been ups and downs and all that kind of stuff. But right. um, getting into it. It was it was awesome. 2015 kicked that off, and then from there, I uh, I jumped in with the Reds more full time as well. And I do more like on camera work and a lot of uh, hosting in, in the stadium, in the ballpark. Um, so that's another element that I uh, that I have in the repertoire, and that's kind of what I do with the Reds more so um, than just DJing. And then 2018, I uh, I got involved with the Bearcats. Same kind of situation. They were they had you know seen some of the Bengals stuff and the Reds things. And they were reaching out like, Hey, we want to enhance the game day experience at the college level. And, um, you know, I jumped in for basketball first and then football and then now, now do both. And college, man, college environment is totally different than pros and right. they're both amazing in their, in, in, in each side. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been a blast being able to do both NCAA and NFL and MLB. So so you kind of get like the best of both worlds because you got one foot in the sports industry and you have another foot in the music industry. And like you said earlier, you've been with some notable artists. You talk about Neo, Usher, J. Cole. It's almost like who haven't you been with? Jay-Z and Beyonce on the run tour, Leg in, in Cincinnati, Jeezy. Do you have any like crazy funny stories that no one would believe about those people? Like when you had those experiences with them, was it just like, oh, my God, because like most people, they say when they meet Beyonce, it's just like they like freeze up and they don't know what to say. Like, did you have any of those moments with any of those artists? Honestly, I, I, I'm thinking of a couple. One that comes to light, my uh, the artist that I'd worked with that we were jumping on some different tours. Um, we opened up for Kendrick Lamar and this was literally like probably two days after Good Kid Mad City dropped. Ooh, so, right. And that means from 2010, 2020, when it comes to rap, hip hop, I don't know if I have a more favorite album than Good Kid Mad City. It, I don't know. It was just right. different. It was Kendrick's, it was when he became, I think, more popular to all of America. His, right. his, his albums and mixtapes before that were great. But uh, 
I we so it was like right after that dropped, we had already like listened to it front to back, front to back. And uh, we were in West Virginia, this auditorium, and uh, we were hyped. We we're like, yo, open up for Kendrick Lamar. This is dope. And uh, I caught him backstage and he came up to me like he didn't come up to me. He was passing. We were passing. And uh, I was like, Kendrick, man, big fan. You've been killing it. This and that. And he had uh, a huge like glass of wine. Which was really yeah. random. I was like, "Yo, you going on one?" Like he, in a goblet. <laughs> like a goblet. We <laughs> had on house slippers, and bro is not that tall, so he was like right, right. here. And um, he just was so smooth. I remember just chatting with him for a minute, and uh, I mean, it was probably a week after that he just really, really blew up. But I remember in his wine and his slippers, just you know, keeping it real and 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 not not anything crazy you know, like some artists maybe, or some people, you know, some artists that are, uh, you know, kind of blowing up or blown up that they're kind of in their own, in their own deal. And he was, he was real chill. Um, I did a show with French Montana one time and it was, uh, let's just say it wasn't selling well and it was pretty low key and he was pretty popular at the time. And I was just coming off stage after kind of like doing a hype set, that type of thing. And he was like, Hey, bro, 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 bro. I was like, yeah. He's like, man. Like, he was like looking around all nervous. He's like, what's it look like out there? He's like, <laughs> I was like, bro, it's, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's light. And he's like, what do we like? Uh, like, like 100 people, 50 people. Like, he was kind of, he was low key kind of tripping. Well, what, what year is this French Montana, though? Is this like after like, this like is, big, big record French Montana? Or is this like Coke French Montana? This is like one or two. This is like, I don't even know if like Pop That had come out yet. It was in my old French Montana, like Max B French Montana. Well, that's and that was like my because I'm a huge Dipset fan. Oh, Dipset is where it's at. Max B, man. If that's one guy, if I'm gonna tell you, I gotta Max B, right? I'm sorry. Like (laughs) I, I was, I was in school. I went to NC State. I went to a show or whatever, right? I'm just thinking like Dipset. They, they're in like heavily connected to North Carolina, so. Doing a show, I mean, not doing a show, at a show, Freaky Ziggy, a couple other diplomats, like, whatever, whatever. Max B is, like, beefing with them at the time. Yeah. You know, like, this is what... So, uh, me and my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife or whatever, we were just hanging around, but she's a big Max B fan. Yeah. So, she's hanging out, like, you know, like, with Max, and I'm, like, on this little couch or whatever, and I'm, like, hanging around him. I got a million pictures and everything, but the whole time... He kind of was like looking across the room. And so I'm thinking to myself, I said, man, hold up. And I look and it's like all these dipset dudes in there. And yeah, so, so, I'm like, so I'm like telling her, I'm like, man, I think they think that we like came here with him or something like that. <laughs> I don't like dumped in or something. Like it was crazy. But, I, but you want to talk about energy, energy and meeting somebody and just being like, man, this is my dude. Like, remember, he used to always be someone just sipping Grand Crew. We yep. had the bottle of Grand Crew and everything. Like it was the wavy king, man. The wavy king. And, the wave god. I feel like the you know the ASAP mob came along and they wanted to be like in you know when in like whatever year that was when they were all with Ferg, Rocky, all the guys. It was like, were we gonna get a new age dip set? Like, was that gonna right. happen? It's only one dip set, man. I feel like it's, it's only. One. They, I feel like they were taken for granted because you always have all of these classic rap groups, right? You had G Unit, you had, you know, D Block, 
you had Wu-Tang Clan, but Dipset was just different. And I think my wife was actually talking about it because we grew up in the same era. And there was like a debate, like who was the biggest group? Was it, I think that the question was when Jay-Z and Nas had like their feud and stuff, was Dipset bigger than them? And I was like, I kind of feel like they were because you had like kids everywhere wearing pink. Like everyone wanted to be like Dipset back in that day. Like literally everyone. I have an unpopular take and I always, I always like argue with friends and this and that, but like mm -hmm. flow wise, I'm like way cam. Cam is, cam is underrated. I'm, I've but, always, but, but you know, at the time you would have got crucified for that because it was like, everybody was like droopity, coopity, soopity, yeah. and everybody was, <laughs> but, but if you paid attention, everybody started mimicking that rap pattern. He's a pioneer, man. He's a, he's a pioneer in that world. And I, I wish that, you know, I, I would never knock Jay-Z because, I mean, look at the empire he's built. And, and from right. a business standpoint, he's, you know, he's the, at the top. And, and that where, you know, him and Puff and, and guys like that. Um, but, yeah, man, I was I was a big – I am still, but huge Dipset fan. So and, so I think I cut you off. You said Cam is up here and Jay is down here. Well, I, so my, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's hold on. not what he said, did he? No, my, my, unpopular, <laughs> my unpopular take when it comes right. to my personal favorites, right. like, as far as rappers, I'm like Cam and then I'm like Jay. Under, right, right. right. No, that's nothing wrong with that. No, nah, that's, that's, I'm, I'm with that too. Like, I'm with that too. Like, from a commercial uh, – yeah, bro. Like, if you go to – I mean, you know, if you go and put on, like, a Dipset hit right now, I don't know, though. See, like, all right, Ace will tell you, I did, like, one of those versus battles with, like, one of my friends, like, on Instagram or something one day, and I had uh, Kanye and the other guy had Jay. And prior to me saying, oh, I'm going to do these songs and stuff, I was like, man, Jay got so much stuff. But, it, I mean, I got these Kanye. I started, like, doing, like, playing, like, a lot of Jay stuff, and I was like, whoa. Like, yeah. it is, it is like, kind of crazy, like, how he has major, major – hits that transfer to the streets and to the like commercial like that that is the one thing that nobody could take away from jay-z it was it was a bit it was a big crossover there and that's and and i feel like there was uh i lost my train i thought i was gonna say, oh no so i was thinking jay-z okay <laughs> could you imagine if the rockefeller situation would have worked out where jay Cam, kanye would have all been a part of that empire for like the long haul and what kind of, I mean, it, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a major Cam fan. So like you won't, you won't get no like great from me from that. But from the, from the masses, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Unpopular opinion too. I think section 80 is better than uh Mac it. But let, let me, that, that's, I, I love section 80. Uh, I, I, I can't disagree with, with that take because it's, it's so close. I mean, section 80 was like one of those where people who had listened to good kid mad city first, it was like, yo, go back and listen to this too. Right. right. So. But right. See, or OD, OD is slept on as well. Mm -hmm. OD is a good one as well. Um, just moving forward to like the Bengals stuff, like on uh, game day, can you tell people like what we're talking about? Some of like some of the artists that you work with, some of the artists that you enjoy listening to, what are the songs or what are the artists that get like the stadium, like more riled up, more hyped than anything? So I'll put this into two different things. So we'll go players first, like what I think gets them more hyped and what works well with them. And then um, in the stadium sense after that. Uh, so touching on players right now, 
so a lot of what goes behind me working with the players on like the player mix and when I'm playing early on, um, it's a lot of stuff that, you know, I've, I'm looking into, or it's popular right now, or, um, you know, a, a guy that I have talked to the last couple of years, that's a big proponent on certain song requests is Tyler Boyd. And if you look out there of anybody that it's, it's, it's Tyler. So he, um, I love his energy, man. I love his vibe. And uh, so him and I, I've, I've him, Joe Mix, and a couple other guys that are very heavily involved in like, hey, this, this is what I like, this is what I'm listening to, and I want to get them involved. It's, it's why wouldn't I? You know, it's, it's, it's no hype stuff. If, if I'm warming up, you know, I'd love to have my input as well on what gets me hype and uh, very important. What I like. Uh, so everything from you know this year has been been heavy on Young Dolph, you know, always playing Dolph. Key Glock has been heavy on, you know, what, and, and that's, okay, so we'll get into that's, some. That's all Tyler Boyd plays. Like, that's what I was about to say. That's all he yeah. plays. If you're listening to this right now and you have no idea who we're talking about, Key Glock is an artist from Memphis that came in with another guy, Young Dolph, that he mentioned. But Tyler Boyd, if you watch any story, anything that he ever does working out, he listens to Key Glock. Yep. And so, and and we'll and I'll comment on that later because as big of a Dipset fan, growing up, I'm an even bigger Three Six Mafia fan. So that's Ooh, like Three Six. Yeah, they don't uh, get the credit that they deserve at all. We'll, we'll go down a whole rabbit hole with that. So we'll keep going. Um, so as far as player stuff, you know that kind of thing. And then Future always, it's all Future's always popular. Anytime Future drops a track, you know it's 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 getting in the mix. That kind of thing. Um, so a lot of the player stuff, it's, it's a blast. I love, I enjoy working with them on, you know, kind of curating something that they like that, you know, I put my own spin on that type of thing. Um, and then it's awesome during that watching the other team. Like I have every, the last two years we've played the Browns. I've taken videos of Odell because he's like the number one dude that wants to dance and get hype. And it's dope when you see our team hype and then, you know, it, it translates to the other, and, and I'm not like trying to get them the other team heights, obviously, but um, it's inevitable if, if, you know, they're all vibing to the same stuff. Um, but getting into like, uh, as far as the stadium and, and what goes well, uh, the, the, t- the thing about Paul Brown is it's such a wide array of demographics. So you have Anybody from a kid to somebody who I'm sure there's 80 year old folks in there, you know, chanting and cheering and that kind of thing as well. So really it's, it's a fine line between genres and trying to cater to everybody or mixing in different things um, from, you know, classic rock to that's kind of always been the staple for a lot of the Bengals fans. It's like Paul Brown synonymous with ACDC for something, you know, it's just like that. Right. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff or even guns and roses um you know with welcome to the jungle it's fitting obviously uh but but yeah any anything that i would say can touch on that world and then also get into like to me it's tricky dm or um, run dmc always has yes. in the stadium you know it's something that pretty much everybody knows across all ages um and, and you know all demographics and it's a fun, upbeat song. You know, people can sing it, they can interact, that kind of thing. Um, but, but really, it's 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 a lot of in stadium situations. It's a lot of sing along stuff. It's a lot of stuff that people know the words to. Um, some feel good stuff mixed in with 
the fact that, you know, we are, it's, it's football. So you got to have stuff that hits hard as well. And I've been starting to introduce more and more of that, uh, you know, with the limited fans that we have in the, in the stadium this year, um, been testing some other stuff as well that have, have gone over, have gone over well. So. Um, Oh, go ahead. Uh, so one thing is you're, you're from Cincinnati. There's always been kind of this underground kind of Cincinnati like rap songs. There's always like Taka down the way. There's always little artists that kind of bubble up. What is your favorite like all time Cincinnati rap song? That's easy. <clears throat> I have to go with down the way. I mean, down like way. Easy. I, I, was, I was going to um, tea nights at like Jillian's or whatever the Jillian's. Oh, I'm from Cincinnati too, bro. Jillian's. I remember Jillian's. And I remember being like the one white dude out there battling, doing the down the way yep. and, and cutting up. And so that's like, and it's an inside deal with like all my friends back home. I mean, I, I grew up out in the country, you know, out in Ross, Ohio. And um, we were, I'm a huge country fan too, but we were, we also had three, six mafia playing at, at Ross. We also had Dipset playing at Ross and right. talking down the way. I mean, that was a staple. Uh, it was played at my wedding like three times. So you talked yeah. about playing music at the stadium right now, right? What is the difference or get, give people an insight? Cause there's a lot of people that won't probably go to Paul Brown uh, this year, including probably myself. Yeah. But tell me, like, what is it like? What's the atmosphere like? Um, is there a big adjustment that you've had since you've been, you know, DJing there now? Well, I would I would say game one with with no fans and no person, you know, nobody in there, no people in there. That was that was odd, especially after Joe Burrow's first touchdown, that running touchdown that he had. Um, you're expecting fireworks. You're expecting the place to erupt especially with it being his first touchdown and it's, uh, it's up us up in the booth clapping and getting hype. And it was kind of a weird, I don't know. It was a weird thing there. And, um, do you have to do the crowd noise? So we, we were sent a track from the NFL, excuse me, that, um, we had to play at a certain decibel. So it would just get it would get input in the system, and then it would just basically they would project it out into the stadium at like seventy decibels. So it wasn't very loud, and um, it was this kind of background noise. If you on TV, it doesn't sound that bad, but in person, we were all kind of like, "This is rough. Yeah, this, this is it's it's weird." And so I personally wasn't playing that. It was just something that the NFL mandated and we had to play it at a certain decibel. So the playing field was, was level across stadiums. Um, but yeah, the first, the first game there were no fans and I literally just played to the players, which was cool. And, you know, I enjoyed a lot because it was just me mixing a lot of their stuff. We played, um, we played more music throughout that game because there were less, you know, marketing spots, there were less fan cams and that kind of thing with, with no fans in there. Um, so I actually was probably busier that game than I'd ever been. Um, and then getting into the 6,000 and then now the 12,000 fans, it definitely makes a difference. It's the vibe is, is it's not anywhere near, you know, what we would expect it to be if we weren't in a pandemic right now with eager Bengals fans getting in there, seeing Joe, seeing the new look, um, and just and, and being loud and cheering on. So it's definitely something that I, I don't mind it, but it's not as impactful um, as it would be with a full stadium and y'all in there as well. So 
So since Zach Taylor is pretty young, is he like hip to some of the songs that you play? Do you ever catch Zach Taylor like bopping his head on the sidelines? And if it is, like, what is it too? <laughs> it's all business in that sense. It, it's funny because he's co-signed and he's down with, you know, pretty much everything, which is cool. He kind of leaves it in the players' hands. And um, something that we've – actually, after the first – yeah, it was the first game because we didn't have any preseason. So after the first game where there was no stand, fans in the stands – um, he had, he had called up after the game or I guess right at the, yeah, probably right after the game or a little bit later and complimented, um, the audio staff. Like he was like, that was perfect, man. Like we enjoyed that. That was right. So that was kind of nice to get, you know, a, a co-sign from him on that. But, um, but yeah, he, he, uh, I think he just defers to the players and, and he's like, yeah, whatever keeps them, them pumped up. And now we're allowed to, uh, play like on first down kind of have some kind of instrumental, some bop as they're walking to the huddle. And then obviously when we're on offense, um, we don't want to be loud when they're in the huddle. So right. we kind of come back, but it adds another element to it. So that's nice. Man, that's an interesting uh, perspective because I think most people don't think about like all of these things behind the scenes on like game day audio and getting everything right. Uh, we talked about the players briefly just now, but one player in particular we want to talk about Carlos Dunlap, um, of course you've heard the news. He was traded earlier today for a seventh-round pick and a center from Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on the trade? Or, um, you know, like, you got anything that you want to tell us about, like, Carlos? Because I know you did you did have some type of relationship with him. So. Yeah, yeah. Out of, out of a lot of the guys on the team, and especially um, since I started in 2015, he's, you know, one of the last guys that I kind of came in and developed with. Um, him and AJ and, and Kevin Huber uh, are kind of the last three that, you know, have been around. Well, I mean, there's other guys, but that I kind of created a relationship with. And um, yeah, Carlos has been a friend. We've, you know, struck up a friendship ever since 2015. He asked me to DJ the player party and uh, him and I hit it off there. And I don't have to, you know, I don't have to say anything as to the kind of human in person he is. Cause we all know, um, just through his his charitable donations, his events, everything that he's done, uh, you know, he's coming to Cincinnati and he's made it a better place being here and his whole tenure here. Uh, so outside of the the personal fact, uh, you know, we all know he's a, he's a great guy and and the things that he's done, even for myself, as far as uh, you know, he's he's always looked out for me. He's always put me in rooms that, uh, you know, I might've needed a little bit of help here and there and introduced me to other guys. So uh, I had gone from DJing his, uh, his charity events and uh, all the stuff that he does for the kids, his, his anti-bullying campaigns and um, his foundation. And then that kind of translated into other guys as well. So working with, uh, you know, when the Daltons were here, I, I did a lot of stuff for them, um, AJ and a lot of the other guys as well, as far as uh, their foundations. But outside of that, I think both sides are probably better off now. Um, you know, there's some internal stuff going on that we're not all privy to. I mean, we can speculate, you know, all day long. Uh, we can read tweets, we can, you know, listen to this and that. But I think that, uh, I think that there was some internal stuff going on and both sides, there was some friction there and whether, you know, it was handled right by this side or this side, I think it's irrelevant now because, you know, Carlos is on his way to Seattle and, you know, we, we snagged a couple people from, uh, from them. And I think uh, as far as the coaching staff and, and 
what they're doing and, and the culture that they're creating is, as Zach always alludes to, I think uh, that he probably wasn't going to be in that plan um, long-term. Uh, so I think it's the best, best move for both sides. And I, I want to see him go there and I want to see him crush it. I mean, I, a lot of the guys I look at too, I like to, you know, I, I don't just look at them as what they do on the field and in the, in the, from the football standpoint, especially becoming friendly with them, um, you know, knowing their family, meeting their parents, uh, meeting their kids and, and knowing that they, you know, do a lot of stuff outside of football and that football doesn't necessarily define them. Um, and it's, it's a business that they're in. And, and I would hope the same for anybody that, you know, I would come across. It's if I'm doing something in my professional career, I would like them to look at that differently than how I am as a human um, outside of that a friend, a father, you know, anything like that. Um, so I, I, it's tough when, when guys go same thing with, uh, you know, I, I, I grew close with Drake, Drake Kirkpatrick over the years, you know, another guy that he's always just so full of energy, supported me since day one. I mean, anytime I'd see him, he, he, he electrified the room. He, he you know, he was at my wedding. He just a good guy in general. Uh, and the Daltons as well. You know, I was, I texted Andy the other day and wished him the best after I saw the hit and, uh, I've done a lot of mixes for him and his wife for his wife's Pilates studios and just outside of football, um, you know, growing with these guys and these people. And uh, so it's always tough when, when someone that you've done that leaves, but can't do anything, but wish the best for him, man. So I think he'll, you know, I think he'll, it'll be a resurgence. I think it'll be new energy for him and um, you know, he'll go do his thing. For sure. I would have liked to seen him get in the sack record though. Uh, yeah, I, me too, man. That's that's the that's the one that stings because he definitely deserved it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, I really, really, really appreciate you coming on here tonight, man. Um, can you please let everyone know where they can find you at on Instagram, Twitter, uh, website, anything? Yeah, yeah. It's at DJ Train on Twitter, IG, Facebook, um, all of that, and then DJEtrain.com or EddieTrainer.com. And uh, and now it's been an honor, man. I'm glad we were finally able to link up and we could do it again in the future and. You know, I, I have a question for you guys since you guys got Ooh, Let's get it. So you get one song. You are an MMA fighter. You're a boxer. You're coming out. You're hyped. You know, you're at your MGM Grand. You're fighting Floyd Mayweather in boxing or you're fighting Conor McGregor in MMA. What's your one song that you're coming out to that gets you hyped? I can, I can answer this one because I actually that's like my hobby. I'm actually recovering right now in physical therapy from getting hurt in boxing. Definitely Biggie Victory. Like I gotta I gotta play that coming to the ring. For me, God, you talk about you being all over the place. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Man, that's tough. That's a good. All right, I'm gonna go with. <laughs> to this day, I played. I play this once a week. I even have it tatted all across my neck. Okay. Dialit, uh, Playboy Cardi is like that's your jam. My, like my soundtrack to life, and people okay. don't understand it. It's like some rebellious thing that I got, I guess, going because people are like, what is he saying? But just the intro. Because I didn't drop out of school, but he's like, uh, you know, I dropped out of school. I ain't finished last. But at the same time, it's like this. It's just so much emotion on this album. But anything on dialect, anything on dialect. I have like even right here on my. Hold up, hold up. Oh, where is it? Oh, this way, this way. I even have the album cover right there on my on my wall right there. So that's perfect. That's, that's what I would go with. 
I love asking people that question because, you know, it's all over the board and it gives them a, a chance to like mentally put themselves in that position where it's like, what's the one song, you know, that gets you right. That's, that's a good question though. Cause boy, I didn't I even should... know it was the biggie one for me until like we were training and it was like, they were trying to get us hyped when we were hitting the bag. And I was like, this is just like a crazy <laughs> song to like get hyped to. Yeah. When you go to the gym versus, you ride in a car or something like that, it's like totally different too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But yeah, um, I appreciate you so much for coming on there. Hang out for one second after we close this out. But um, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in to us tonight. Orange is the New Black Podcast, Sensi Jungle, SB Nation. We do this all the time. Ace, you got any closing remarks? Nah, man, just thanks to E-Train for, for kicking it with us, man. Appreciate the perspective. Definitely enjoyed this for sure. Definitely enjoyed you guys following us. Please be sure to subscribe to Zim's Instagram at Zim underscore Hude. Subscribe to mine at New Stripe City and also follow us on Twitter at New Stripe City and at Zim Hude. Hude. Appreciate Hude. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.